Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park where we focus on cases featuring people of color. And if you're looking for serious storytelling, this is not the place. But we do promise, no matter how hardcore a true crime fan you think you are, we're going to tell you at least one story you've never heard of. You can listen to us at itsaboutdamncrime.com or wherever you get your podcast at. And remember, there's a lot of desert out there. Show is. Cheers. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. I wait. I can't do that. I can't do that voice. Oh, uh, you cannot. <laughs> the reason I'm speaking this way, Francel, is because this morning, on the day of May, the nineteenth, uh, Miss Meghan Merkel and Prince William were married. And I don't know what the hell that has to do with our country, but say, it was, it, was it ran Twitter <laughs> very hard. People were very excited that don't live in that country and don't abide by those laws. But um, yeah, great. They pe- Somebody got married, and that's great. Wonderful. But I don't know why it was the number one trending topic wow. on Twitter. In America, anyway. I don't, I don't know why that affected, how that affected us in any way. Mm. But anyway, folks, what's going on? Um, as I said, I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, in case you, Franco Evans, in case you couldn't understand by my regal accent that I was putting <laughs> on it. It wasn't a fancy British fellow. That was me. Uh, Fran, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Hey, man, I, I don't know if I told you, but I got jury duty on Tuesday. Ooh, that is um, not fun. Have you couldn't you done, get out of that? You, I guess not. I had jury duty once, but I went and uh, they didn't call my name. Okay. But I had went and I put on a suit and I was like, you know, I wanted to look <laughs> professional. So I had put on the whole thing and everything. And I sat in there for like, I don't know, two hours. And then they were like, uh, yeah, we don't need you. Wow. And I got to go. That happens sometimes. Sometimes they don't put you on a case. Well, they saw I was supposed to check the, the website and uh, the night before. 
So hopefully my number doesn't pop up, but you know, if it does, you I'll never know, go, man. So yeah, um, you got to perform your duty, but it's big bullshit. I mean, I hope I get a uh, hope it's a good case. Yeah, I mean, now <laughs> let me tell you, we do live in Baltimore, so I mean, if you do get put on the ga- case, it might be a murder case. I so was, that'd be that'd be I'll interesting. Be yeah. That'd be interesting to see the that side of that. You can come back and let us know. Yeah. But you just can't talk about it while you're on the trial. But what if you on one, end up on one of those trials that like, takes months? Like and, a fuck OJ yeah, case? Yeah, like OJ. And you're just in a, you get stuck in a fucking days in for a year and a half. I'm like, do I get off of work? I'm all in. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take. Yeah, I get a break from work? Cool. Let's do it. Uh, Yeah, it's been a dreary uh, couple days on the oh, East Coast. Man. I think the whole East Coast is just hitting with being hit with like light to medium rain. It's not even crazy. It's just no. every day it's raining and it's just nothing to do. And there was another shooting in in in, in Santa Fe, Texas, I believe. School I don't, shooting? Yes, another oh, wow. school shooting. So it's just been a very rough couple of days. Just pr- just, you know, just stay prayed up, you know, and then uh, you know, do your best out there, folks. You know, we're all just trying it's to make it. That's all you can do. That's all you can do, man. Uh So yeah. with you Nothing, man. I I was I was able to get out on. The, I was not gonna let the rain stop me from getting my grill on. I heard, yeah, yeah. So I fired up the grill, threw a couple <laughs> burgers on there, stuffed one with goat cheese because I'm a you know I'm classy AF. Um, but other than that, it's just been rainy as hell. So I, we just been stuck in the house. It's it's been actually a dreary, dreary rough. Couple Wait, of you days. made a what? You I made, made a burger stuffed with goat cheese on the inside. Hmm. You still got some down to say? I know Sierra said no, you I made myself one of oh. those. I have regular burgers. I don't just give out. Excuse I don't, me. I don't just give out goat cheese burgers to peasants. You know, I guess that was I'm a, a those pe- are, All right. Anybody but me in my house <laughs> is, is a peasant when it comes to eating my goat cheese. So I don't Sierra's just give a out peasant. My, yeah, you, I said I made one goat cheese oh, burger. Okay. And I ate it. You hear it. that? You hear that, Sierra? Look, look man, I, I run my house with an iron all fist. Right. And, and, okay, I we'll see. We'll see after this podcast. I'm supposed to get scared or something like we'll that. We'll see after this podcast. <laughs> it's okay, man. You can do whatever <laughs> we see, you want. We see after this podcast. I fear no one. <laughs> I'm going to record this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, look, <laughs> I fear no one. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, folks, you know, um, as I said, it's been a rough couple of days. So in order to lift our spirits and, and take us to that next plane and make us feel good, you know what we do here. We're going to um, hand out some good vibes right now as we tell these good vibe stories of the week. Yeah. That's right, folks. This segment continues to just bring light and warmth and energy to everybody's day, so we're not going to ever stop it. We're going to just keep bringing those positive vibes your way. Uh, Fran, do you have a good vibe story that you want to bless the people with this week? Uh, Yeah, I do. Oh, my ear itches. So. Ah, mm. You know, you get that, you stick, your, you stick that uh, Q-tip in your ear and hit that spot. No. Your <laughs> eardrum? No, I don't know. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> That spot? No, you should no. All right, my good vibe story this week is a story from like uh, because you know last week was Mother's Day, so uh huh, it's a story from Mother's Day. So a mother of two who is currently working as a waitress to make ends meet was giving the best Mother's Day gift a woman could ask for, and it didn't even come from her own children. Brenda Pearson was working a shift at a four-star diner in Rolla, Mississippi, on Mother's Day when a truck driver ordered a cheeseburger. 
The food took a little longer to prepare than usual because the cooks got the wrong order. Mm -hmm. But the driver, David Platt, didn't seem to mind. In fact, one might think that it was the best cheeseburger in the world because he left Pearson A a $1,000 tip. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, $1,000 tip. A light flex. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, quote, he said, he said, quote, it was late and there was there wasn't really anybody around. So I got to talking to her a little bit. We talked about the Lord, about her life and her children. I got the impression that sh that she was having a hard time, a hard time of it. So I thought I'd help her out a little. But the kindness didn't stop there. However, Platt returned to the restaurant an hour later mm -hmm. so he could order a piece of pie. Then he took he took Pearson another one thousand dollars. That see, look, David Blatt, is Platt, that name? Platt, Platt, David Blatt, <laughs> Platt, it's Platt. That's what David Platt. Yeah, David Platt. <laughs> look, man, salute to you. But at that point, if I'm a woman in a diner empty of people, and this guy keeps coming back and throwing all these fistful of dollars at me, I would think he is assuming he's gonna about to fuck me or something. Yeah, I I think. That second time around, first time is like, oh my god, this money, uh, the rent, you know, all those things. The second time around, it's like, I, do you think I'm gonna like suck your dick or something like that? <laughs> it's, that's when I might start to get a little apprehensive. Yeah, but I'm sure this, it doesn't end and it doesn't end negatively. I'm sure it's a good vibe story. So I'm sure it all was out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, um, he said Pearson was so overwhelmed by Platt's generosity, she she said that quote she could hardly breathe. Platt, on the other hand, seemed to be very humble about his kindness. "Quote: Money is just paper. Money, money is just paper or numbers on a screen." Oh, that's rich talk. He says self gratification only goes so far. When so, when you're helping another person, mm. you're adding something to the world. It's an investment, and people, it's, a, it's an investment, and people, people are what's important. Mm. And then he took off his face mask, and it was Jaden Smith. <laughs> That's that rich talk, man. You don't just yeah, talk man. like that. You you that comes from having copious amounts of money. You don't just go saying stuff like that without having billions and billions of dollars. What did he say? say that one more time? What he said about money? He said, "Read the whole thing, or just that first just part." The, just the money is what paper. Okay. And he said, "Money is just paper or numbers on a screen." Mm, that I mean, uh, what? <laughs> tell that to Comcast and, and uh, my uh, car uh, insurance and all. That. <laughs> Let me tell that to them. That nah, man, I don't got that this month. But money's just paper, and then <laughs> right on a money numbers Jeez. on the screen. They pull that tow truck. God, out that's that rich line. talk. I love that. Shout out to David Platt. Yeah, man. Oh, that's inspirational when people get to talking like that. Just drop two stacks. He's investing in people and shit like that. That's that Pharrell talk. That's awesome, man. Mm. Shout that's my good vibe story. Shout out to you, David Platt. Oh man, that just got me motivated. That, all that rich talk. Oh man, you know it's funny because this is a very rich, uh, good vibe segment, man. Because check my story okay. out. Okay, it's all gonna right. trip you out. I'm all gonna right. get you. I'm gonna get your thoughts after okay. I finish. <clears throat> so for years, Matthew and, and uh, Maria Emmanuel thought a rusty metal box behind uh, some trees in their backyard was just a part of a cable or electric box. So they never bothered inspecting it. Matthew and his wife only discovered the treasure chest when they decided to replace the trees in their yard. Excuse me? It was a what? It was a treasure uh, A quote treasure chest. But oh. it was a box. It wasn't like a pirate's chest. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a pirate's <laughs> chest. It was a white box, but it, it turned out to be a safe. Right. Uh um they called a crew to help them, and that's when they discovered that it wasn't an electrical box, but it was a rusting, peeling, weathered safe. Inside the safe, they found diamonds, engagement rings, gold, and thousands of dollars in cash. But they found something even more interesting on the inside, which and that was it was a piece of paper with an address on it. And the address matched their neighbors. 
uh, Matthew said to CBS News, I knocked on the door and I asked them if they were if they were ever robbed. They said they were. And I would have said the same exact thing if anybody ever came to my house and said that to me. Uh, according to New York, poli- according to a New York police department, a burglary was reported at their neighbor's home the day after Christmas in 2011. The only thing that was taken was a safe containing about $52,000 worth of property. The Emanuels returned the safe and its contents to its rightful owners who were extremely grateful. A couple of people asked, why did you return it? Maria said, it wasn't even a question. It wasn't ours. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just, you, 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 you just, you just, you just, you just don't hear that, man. Would you do the same? No. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ain't even think yeah, about I mean, that. that's, yeah, that's uh, out of the question. Either. <laughs> the first thing I would have done after opening the safe and seeing that it was an ad, uh, my neighbor's address was on there is I'm going to destroy that. Oh, I would have bought that paper right up. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, this isn't money. Uh, get rid of that. I'm taking all of the things inside and putting it in a separate bag. Mm-hmm. And then I'm telling those people that I hired, throw this safe away. Yeah. And get rid of it discreetly. Put yep. it in a thing and throw it away. Yes, sir. And if they have any quarries about it, I go, look, here's $500. Keep your mouth shut, and that's that's it. But um, man, uh, I think it, I think it pretty much goes without saying they were a couple of white Italian people in, in New York. That these weren't um ethnics. That's a, I don't, and not to not to you know cast judgment on people that look like me, but <laughs> I don't know too many black black and brown people who uh find fifty two thousand dollars in a safe that's rusty. I my my uh, shady self, I would have mm-hmm. been like, I mean, it has my neighbor's address on it, but look how rusty the safe is. Whoever this safe is, mm. they probably lived in this house 100 years ago. Mm. And well, it'd me, like, it'd have been like, uh, well, it's in my yard, so <laughs> this is mine. It's my property, so <laughs> my- <laughs> start going by old 1865 rules. Well, it's on my property line, so therefore it's my property. Yep, it's mine now. <laughs> yeah. I've- that's called that's called settler's law. That's what the, that's what the that's Europeans what did when they came over here. It was like, well, Indian person, I built a log cabin here, so now it's my land. Yep. I would use I would use those same laws. Yeah, but that's awesome that they returned it. But yeah, big big time awesome. That is yeah. very impressive. I could not say with with uh, absolute confidence that I would do the same. No. But if Sierra was with me, like if it was me and Sierra, Sierra would have made me. Um, yeah. she would she would have made me return the same. Cause the type of person she is. Yeah, we yeah. were one time we were in Key West, uh-huh. and uh, uh, well, the statute of limitations has passed. So we were in Key West. And it was me, Les, and Sierra. Les uh, Green was on a he was he was our friend who was on an American Idol, uh, and he was shamefully eliminated. Failure. Um, <laughs> it's like that show's a joke, and the people that are oh, on yeah, there, the definitely. people that are left on there, it's, he, it, the, that show fell apart so quickly. It's it's I'm glad he is. I'm glad he isn't. I didn't even keep up with it. Yeah, I'm that. glad he isn't on it anymore. But anyway, it was me, Sierra, and Les, and we were in Key West, and and Les got pretty drunk. I was a little drunk too. But in Key West, you can bike everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all biking from this restaurant. We were coming from this tapas place. That's and, awesome, you know. And Les was like, I don't know. He was like, I'm a bike ahead of y'all, or whatever, <laughs> right? But he got he was drunk, so he leaned off his bike and hit a car. And knock the mirror off the car. Mm-hmm. Now you know we're from Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do next? You ride. You hop on. You hop on your bike and you keep you rolling, gone, right? Yeah. Man, Sierra got off the bike and inspecting. Left the, the note. Less, but less is like down the street already. <laughs> like he hit the thing and it's gone. But Sierra then stopped and now it's oh, like a scene. Man. Now the guy comes out of the restaurant. What happened to my thing? You know now they're all talking and and I'm I'm like 
Like, if they're talking to those people, I'm like, I'm in the vicinity, but I'm as far away from the situation. As gonna be. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not giving out any names. I'm not telling anybody anything, right? So they try, so it's another guy that's with us, our, our friend Robert. He ends up telling the guy Les's whole name and everything oh, like that. Man. But Les uses a, his stage name in life. You know, oh, Les's man. name isn't Les, right? So the guy, he but his friend didn't know this. So he's like, yeah, his name's Les and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, it turned up in, ended up being this whole thing. But and Les was kind of mad at Sierra for a while after that. But even though he was completely in the wrong, like he damaged somebody's property. Uh-huh. But it's like the way we grew up is like rule one is you don't get caught. Right. You know, so uh, we hit the bike. The guy isn't in the car. Fucking hey, you know, life happens. You know, we keep rolling. But <laughs> off run, yeah, start laughing. Yeah. And laughing like, that's a that's a fun time. Yeah, you but, know, like, <laughs> I can't believe you did that. <laughs> oh god, pedaling on the bike real fast, sweating. Oh, but man. that's not what happened that night. Les <laughs> did do that, but everybody else stayed and and had to deal with the consequences of his actions. But that's just the kind of person Sierra is. Mm. Uh, but big time shout. I out. wouldn't. I couldn't play a knock knock. Uh, Oh, no, 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 no. I could She'd play like, ding dong yeah. ditch with her. No, no, no. She'd be like, guys, look, that's an old man. He keeps coming out. I'm sorry, sir. You oh, know, uh, but that's a big time shout out to uh, Matthew and Maria Emmanuel. That's awesome. That is um, chivalrous, man. I, I, I couldn't, I, again, I can't say I would do the same thing. Either. So you guys are cut from a different cloth, man. And it, it might be a better cloth than me, but I'll tell you one thing. I'd have $52,000 Oh, I'd be $52,000 So you, can, you can take all that uh, niceness and good you're a good person and take all that uh good karma you built up but guess who's got fifty two thousand dollars i took that bank. picture you know that picture of michael jordan six rings <laughs> <laughs> with the, with, with, my the engagement, <laughs> with the engagement rings from the safe <laughs> these are my rings now <laughs> oh man oh wow um yeah so uh, those were those were a little good vibes to pass your way and uh make you feel a little better while we're going through these trying times folks it's it's i know it's looking rough out here you know, I mean, to some people, it's looking great. You know, I mean, if you're if you think everything Donald Trump's doing is great, then life is great for you right now. But for some people, uh, things are feeling a little rough right now. And also, if you on top of that, if you're on the East Coast and it's been raining for a few days, you might be feeling a little low. But we're going to get through this, folks. But on a good note, one more positive uh, bit of good vibes to send your way. Uh, I want to give a round of applause to ourselves because we have officially hit 10,000 downloads since April. Uh, so that's that's you know that's very huge for us. Uh, when me and Fran first started doing this podcast, I I think I told Fran verbatim. I you know if I didn't tell you, I told Sierra. I said, I'd be happy if we if we got like twenty people that we didn't know to listen to this podcast. Yep. You know like if I if it was not me putting up a link on Facebook to my friends like hey guys like just you don't even have to listen to it. Just go just go write a review on the th- if if I could get twenty people who I don't know to listen to this podcast, I was like I'd be that would be super cool to me, right? And to think that, you know, I don't really know how the metrics work. And, and, and I know it's not I know that's not 10,000 people, but I know it's a hell of a lot more than 20 people. So that um, that is great. And for anybody who's listening right now, thank you for listening. And, and um, we appreciate you so much. And, and, and we're going to continue to try to get better at this every time we step on the mic. We'll never shortchange people if we can if we can help it. We'll never come on here and, and, and do some bullshit and, and, and not be honest and give our honest opinions and try to not, you know, smile through the fuckery of the world. That's what we try to do here. We try to, you know, uh, face all that bullshit and gross shit in the world and look it in the face and say, like, hey, man, you're not going to ruin you're not going to ruin our smiles. You know, we're going to continue to try to laugh and, and be happy in this fucked up world. So um, thank you for everybody out there who uh, 
downloaded the podcast, has reviewed the podcast, who's told a friend about it. Uh, it means more than you can know. And, um, you know, we're going to continue, you know, 10,000 this month, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe 24K next month. That'd be awesome. That'd be really awesome. So on that note, we're going to take you out with a little Bruno Mars, 24K Magic, because, you know, it's only up from here. And like I said, this month is 10K, but, you know, next month we might be hitting 24. So, you know, stay tuned and we'll be right back. back folks uh friend i think you went first last week so it is my turn to go first this week okie dokie um <clears throat> so please strap yourself in as i tell you the story of a little lady named mona fandy mona fandy mona fandy okay is she black she's, she's malaysian okay hmm. so she got that good hair uh she's malaysian yeah mona fandy was born, Ma, Ma, it's going to be a lot of this, right. uh, Mazna Ismail on January 1st, 1956. <laughs> That's where she was born? That's who she was born. Oh, okay. She was born, that was not her original name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm, okay. Sorry. Mm, mm, I'm sorry. Don't do me like that. Not bad. Uh, yeah, so she was born on January 1st, 1956. She's, she's, she's a New Year's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mona Fandy was a talented woman with dreams of becoming a star. She was a pop singer, but her career didn't take off as well as she had hoped, and eventually, le- and eventually she left the music industry. According to a Malaysian paper, uh, Mona Fandi married her husband and biggest fan, Mohammed Noor Afandi Abdul Rahman. Jeez. What, he's Who, Muslim? I don't... Uh, he's fucking long-ass name Muslim. <laughs> I don't... What? I don't know why I said that. Cut. Uh, 2051. Cut. Uh, long-ass name Slum. I don't know if that was dumb. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> made up his own. Bro. Yeah, well, I don't even know <laughs> what long ass names. Lum, shut up, stupid. Uh, <laughs> he funded her pursuit to become a pop star. This was also how he how she got the name Mona Fandy, which is said to be inspired by her husband's name, which is plenty of inspiration to be taken. You could have took it from the fifteen, you know, wherever you wanted to find yeah, a new name. Names, right, you could have found it in the fifteen that he has. <laughs> uh, when her music career didn't seem promising, she turned to spiritual witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, where she gained popularity as a Bomo, which is a Malay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, don't be culturally insensitive, okay? Uh, Sorry. A Bomo is a Malaysian shaman, which is a shaman is just another word for a priest. Uh, both she and her husband started offering their services to high-profile people, some of which were claimed to be prominent politicians. Money and luxury started rolling in for the pair. In 1993, reports claim that Batu Ta. Mm. Batu Talam State Assemblyman Maslan Idris had sought their services to enhance his political career. So, so Batu Talam is a place in Malaysia. That's not a person's name. I just, oh, okay. So Batu, he's 
This man, Maslan Idris, is the state assemblyman of Batu Talam. And he sought their services to enhance his political career. Mona and Mohammed promised to make Maslan invincible by providing him a talisman consisting of a tongkat, which is a cane, and a songkok, which is a little hat. Uh, he is said to... Uh, oh, no. this These two items were said to have been owned by former Indonesian president Sukarno. In return, the pair was to be paid... 2.5 million whatever Malaysian people's money is called. Mm. Uh, up, up fr- and, uh, and it was reported that Maslan paid 500,000 whatever Malaysian money is called up front and 10 land titles as surety for the rest of the payments. So this dude was like, look, I don't have 2 million, but I got, ha- got 500,000 and I got 10 houses. Right. So it's like a, he bail bondsman's them like here. You can keep the deeds to these 10 houses. So if I don't get you the rest of the money, you just keep the houses. Mm -hmm. And they were like, cool. So you can get this magic for the low. Uh, A meeting was arranged for Maslan to meet at Mona's home where a cleansing ritual was performed, was where a cleansing ritual was going to be performed along with Mona and Afani and Afandi, which is her husband. uh, There was Jeremiah Hassan, who was their assistant. Uh, he was present during the ritual. Maslam was asked to lie down on the floor with his face up and his eyes closed to, quote, wait for the money to fall from the sky, during which Mona placed flowers on him. Jeremiah then used an axe to chop off Maslan's head. Whoa. The body was mutilated further when they butchered the body into 18 parts, which were reportedly buried, which were reportedly found buried in a storeroom near Mona's house in Kampung, Peruas. Wait, for what? Let me get to that. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Whoa, okay. So, again, there's going to be a lot of this. And this might actually be the long, the last confusing one, but I'm going to try to clear it up. So, the, they, they chopped the body parts, they chopped the body into 18 pieces, and they, they buried it. And it was found near a sto- in a storeroom near Mona's house, which was in Kampung, Peruas, Ulu Dong Rob Pahang, which is like a city in Malaysia. Wow. All of that is a city in Malaysia. Um, but yeah, that's a very long name for uh, an area. We live in Parkville, you know. It's, simple. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, anyway, I'm not going to bash this country anymore. Uh, so Mona went on a shopping binge after the murder because they got 500 racks up front. Wow. In 10 houses. Uh, swimming in money. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Not five hundred thousand dollars. They got oh. five hundred thousand whatever Malaysia money is, which could be ten thousand. Oh yeah, true. U.S. dollar. Right, I don't know the right. currency. I don't true. know. You know, I don't know. You know, sometimes the inflation rate can be high. Five hundred thousand dollars. You know, Venezuela is so crazy right now that a banana. There's a case that a, there was a banana that caught this lady was like, this banana cost as much as my house did twenty years ago. Because their their countries what? their countries destabilizing, so the inflation rate's going up. So the guy that was in charge was like, "Okay, well, since stuff is costing more money, and we're so and we're in so much debt, we'll just print more money." Because that's how capitalism works, right? <laughs> no. So he printed more money, flooded the market with cash, but now the money's worth so little bit of money that businesses are hiking up. They're like, "This money isn't worth anything." So we need, I need a hundred thousand. Uh, Venezuelan dollars for this bag of chips. Mm-hmm. 
because the inflation went up so crazy. So yeah, um, who knows how much five hundred thousand Malaysian dollars are? Um, so yeah, so she went on a shopping binge after the murder. She purchased a Mercedes Benz and she got herself a facelift. Uh, her fortune was short lived when the police found Maslan's body on July twenty second, where all three of them were arrested. Maslan was reported missing on July second, so they, he was gone. He was they were living it up for about twenty days. She was getting plastic surgeries and benzes and so with the money they got from from this politician who oh, they, who wanted okay. them to do a ritual on him, but they ended up fucking off in his head That's and, and chopping his body up into eighteen pieces and burying him in a, in under like a house. But they took the money and was like, "Oh, we rich benzes for everybody, new cheeks for everybody." Uh, so yeah, they lived it up for about twenty days. Um, after he withdrew 300,000, okay, no, so he, he didn't give them, he didn't give them 500,000, I guess he gave them three. So he, he withdrew 300,000 Malaysian dollars from the bank. So maybe he had 200,000 in the stash and, you know, gave them, he had to, he had to take 300,000 out of the bank. All um, right. Sorry to cut you off, but Malaysia money is worth more than us dollars. Oh, so it's straight. It's, so 500,000 is a million dollars in Malaysia. Well, what's money. it called? Malaysian rig, rigged, rigged, rigid. Okay, rigid. yeah. So then, never mind. So they were swimming in cash. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know what. The, I don't know what, what. What's their like export? Why is their money worth so much? I don't know. That's crazy. I didn't know Malaysians mm. had it like that. Well, that's cool. Shout out to Malaysia, man. Uh, the Rojak Daily, uh, which is a newspaper, reported that Jeremiah was detained by the police for a drug offense, and he had confessed to his involvement in the murder of Mazlan. So he ratted. Uh. You don't rat, man. Yeah, you don't rat. You don't do but that. especially if you're the guy that cut the head off. Like he's the one that did the <laughs> he did the act. Like he was the assistant, but right. like, they had him do it. I uh, maybe do you it was think just, you are? Yeah, it was just I, yeah, I was involved. <laughs> you were you did it. You should be the main one right. not trying to say anything. That'd have had me hot. If yeah. I was going to prison and I look at this guy, I'm like, oh I'm like, you you you're the one that did it. Why? How are you the one that got us busted? Oh man. Anyway, so yeah. So he confessed. Uh, he then took the police to the storehouse where the body parts were buried, almost two meters deep under under the storehouse. Uh, they were sealed with a concrete cap. So he took them. He was like, he even, he not only confessed. He said, "I'll take you to the fucking. I'll take you there, man. Wow. I, I got. I just got to get this off my chest." Took him to the body. Showed him where to dig. They found the body. Uh, suffice to say, this was the most. This was one of the most brutal murders in Malaysian history. The trio were then tried in Timurlo High Court by a seven-person jury, where they were found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. Mm. Uh, appeals were filed to the federal court, but were dismissed in 1999, following which they sought a pardon or clemency from the pardons board of Pahang, which was also refused. I don't know who you think you are to even try to get out. Like, uh, can we not die? <laughs> No, you've killed what? You, what? Right. Um, the the story garnered both national and international attention. Mona's trial was was sensationalized and high profile. Not only was the murder a gory one, Mona also exhibited unusual behaviors throughout the trial, smiling and posing for photographs, exhibiting a big smile and turning up for the turning up for the trials in big, bright, flashy attire. Malaysians were riveted by television broadcasts and newspaper articles about the trial. 
Moana, oh, not Moana. This is, this is a completely <laughs> different story. Moana's a very happy right. film. Uh, Mona had finally become the star she always wanted to be, but not for her talent at singing, but for her gruesome, before a gruesome murder. Uh, so she, yeah, she was loving it. Now, why did they chop the, the guy up? I don't understand why they well, chopped him up so many pieces. My theory is I wasn't able to find like a reason because, you know, she's crazy. Um, I think that they knew that they weren't going to be able to make him a better politician or make him more more popular. Uh-huh. So they wanted to just take the money and not have to deal with some guy trying to get his money back after he, this ceremony no, didn't work. I mean, why they chop him up so in so many pieces? So man. that he would be, so they could get rid of him. That's crazy. You could just you could just bury him. Man. Chop I mean, have him you many, ever eight, even, or 18? I mean, what are you new, man? How many stories have we done? You don't just take a body yeah, and true. just bury it whole in the dirt. Well, people some some of us we did people don't even do that. So well, clearly they <laughs> they took those as lessons and were like, well, we're not going to be dumb like these people. I would venture to say that this guy didn't fucking snitch. They would have got away with this. Yeah. Who looks sucking fucking six feet in the ground for eighteen body parts? That guy. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, he had to get it off well, his chest, yeah, man. Yeah. It was eating oh, away at him. Come clearly. on. So was he? Does he? Did he get some of the money too? Was he spending some of the money? I would. I would assume oh, he. Man, I would he assume he. You. You. You cut the head off. I. I need at least hundred. But that's not like. Money. But that's a bit. That's a bit extreme for you to do that and then to be like, I can't, I can't live with this anymore. Like, I don't know. I mean, if it's the first, I mean, look, if it's the first time you cut somebody's head off, like, if I was, if, like, let's say we went to Jamaica, right? Okay. I've never cooked a goat ever mm-hmm. in my life, but if I, if I go to Jamaica and they put me, you know, when we went, when me and you went to Jamaica, they, brother, they yep. like make you feel at home, right? Yep. And then one of them's like, brother, we're having curry goat tonight. Here's the machete. And they're like, you got to cut the goat's head off, man, or you don't get no goat, and you got to get the fuck out of here. And then I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to be a party pooper. <laughs> and I cock back and, fushling! I've never beheaded a fucking goat. That uh-huh. would fuck me up. I'd be like, you know, but in the moment, you're like, well, yeah, I just want to be a part of the crew. But then you hear that, shlink, and then it doesn't go through, and you got to fucking hack at the goat, and you now you fucking brutalized an animal. That would stick with you, and that's a goat. He did that to a human. But that's what I'm, but, well, yeah, but. I think but, he just was like, oh, man, look. Maybe, maybe. The I'm I, fucked up. Maybe the idea of them cutting him up in 18 pieces wasn't, wasn't talked about beforehand. Because that's what I'm saying. You get know what I'm trying to say? Like, I get I, that, but uh, he already, you cut the head off. That's Now you draw, <laughs> you draw your line. Like, look, man, I'll cut a head off, but an arm? Y'all are doing some other shit, man. I didn't agree to this. I only agreed <laughs> to do the head. But I'm saying though, like, okay, if they if, say if we if we was in this situation, you know, mm-hmm. of oh, this situation of the this situation. trying to scam somebody out yeah. of five hundred thousand. Just to be clear, if we uh, was in this situation, yeah. that's not how I, be, I bought my house. Huh? What? What? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So we we was in a situation, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, look, we gonna we gonna kill this guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we gonna chop him up into eighteen pieces. Okay. What do I get out of this? You get five hundred thousand dollars and some some D's ten houses. I get the whole five hundred thousand. No, you don't. We split it. Okay. All right. Cool. So what are we gonna do? We are gonna kill him. Uh huh. Chop him up in eighteen pieces. Right. We gonna bury him and don't say anything. Bet. What so was... you you're in on it. I would assume that if me and you are doing this, things have gone very sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie has like left the state with Sophia. 
Sierra like tricked me out of the deed to the house. I'm homeless. I would assume we're pretty hard up. Oh know? yeah, she's like fucking some new guy in the house that we lived in together. Oh, like, it'd get way worse is, than that. Shit has got very dark for us in, in, in our life for me to for us to be having a conversation about right. chopping a guy up. So this Alvin in this universe, I'm down. You you down. down. You down for sure. Okay. Me but, and now, I'd, I'd be like, look, man, I'm we can't be friends anymore. All right, but I'm talking about okay. In that universe, you will be down to do that. Oh yeah, I clearly. Okay, need well, the I'm money. like, okay, I'm like, you can't snitch though. I said you can't tell anybody. I'm fucking. I'm like iron, bro. I'm so like, you right. do that, and then I, 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 look, I'm letting you know right now that I never, I never killed nobody or or cut a, I never cut a body up. But like, I, I can handle that shit. Okay, I, I got this. You just close your eyes and just chop at all the all all, all the uh, what what they call them? All the limbs. All the, uh, yeah, all the limbs. All right, cool. So we, 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 is, he, is he downstairs? Yeah, he's downstairs. All right, bet. All right, cool. So I'm gonna give him some some Nyquil. Uh huh. Put in his drink. All right. We gonna lay him down. Uh-huh. Say we gonna drop some money on him. We gonna put the flowers on him. We just gonna hack his head yeah. off. Yeah. And I'm we gonna I'm gonna be in the I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do while you doing the pedals. I'm gonna be in the corner with my hands behind my back like I'm praying with my head okay. down, right? And then when his eyes close, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna do it. Okay. Okay. All, All right. right. Cool. That's what we All right. Go but down. first, I need to put on my uh my green man suit, latex. Okay. Best. Okay. That's how you do. The, that's what you do. Yeah. Do these people? How you yeah. t- trick them? Yes. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Hello, sir. Welcome to the holy ceremony. If you would just lay down on the floor and close your eyes and do not speak, my master, friend, star, will now perform the ceremonial words and douse you in petals as you wait for the money. Yes, but can you first drink this tea, please? Yes, drink every drop. All of it, yes. Now lay back with your eyes closed. Keep keep quiet. And sir, Mr. Franstar, if you would perform the ceremonial words as you douse him in the flower petals. Okay. Uh, All right, man. I, I need you to take this axe. I need you to chop his limbs off, man. Come on, get uh, it together. I'm gonna run upstairs and I'm gonna get uh, the the plastic so we can lay it down because it's blood everywhere. We need to clean this place up. Oh, man, I'll be right back. All right, man. Oh fuck, man. Hello. Nine one one. Uh, uh, I'm in a house. There's a guy in here. And he just performed. Hey, man, what are you doing, what? man? Uh, nothing, man. What are you, are you calling the police? Nah, man. Hey, I'm, hey, man. Oh, I'm a soldier, man. Are you serious, man? man? I'm a soldier, man. I ought to take this damn axe. Man, why would you call the police? Hey, look, man. Hey, come on. But you think I would call the police? Come I on. just heard the conversation, your phone hey, conversation. Man. what you got, man? Look. Man, I ought to. What we do with this money, man? Come on. What you talking about? Scene. 
I'm like sweating, man. That was yeah, that was, hot. That, that, was very, that was very um theatrical, man. Fuck. Anyways, so that's how we would handle the situation. They handled it like complete failures, and one of them cracked under the pressure. Um, and for that, they hung. Uh, the trio they were hung on November twenty. They were hung on November second, two thousand one. Two thousand one. After receiving their final meal, KFC. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it was their last meal. <laughs> they could choose one thing. They wanted to have those eleven herbs and spices. Oh, and they man. They just you couldn't resist, man. Uh, <laughs> I was her, just joking. No, I was dead serious. That's that's a fact. That uh, their last meal yeah, was last Kentucky meal. Fried Chicken. <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> uh, her, her last words were "Aku takan mati," which in English mean "I will never die." Mm. Um, that's the devil. Yeah, this memorable phrase to this day sends chills down many Malaysian spines. Uh, a contra- a controversial horror film called Dukun, originally filmed in 2006 but deemed too controversial to be released, was recently screened in April of this year, and it is loosely based on the events uh, of Mona, Fandi, and uh, this murder. And I saw the trailer for it. I can put it up on the Facebook group and and, and on Twitter. And um, it is it is graphic, man. You seen it? Oh, you just, I saw, oh, you saw the, the trailer, trailer okay. and I was like, I'm not. Oh, interested. where? Where you see it again? On YouTube. Just hmm. look up, look up, do look up. Um, I'm sorry. It's uh, D D U K U N. Just look up the trailer, man. Man, there's a one of the parts in the trailer that somebody knocks on the door and a woman opens the door and this guy has a, his hand is his like is closed and is bloody mm-hmm. and he opens the, his hand up and it's a little baby fetus in his hand. What? And I was like, Oh, I won't be watching oh, this. Oh wow. That's wait. No. Yeah. And then it's like, so all the stuff where they're saying like she was showing up to trial smiling and stuff. I, it's almost like kind of, I think from the trailer, it seems like it's like a Hannibal kind of thing where mm-hmm. she's in jail, but she's trying to help them solve a crazy case. But they have to. They have to talk to this crazy woman to get like, how, wh- what's wrong? Who are we chasing? Who, what's wrong with this person? And she's like licking the walls and like, oh, <laughs> shit, no. I can help you, but I need this or I whatever. You know, it, it, the trailer is just, the trailer, is <laughs> and dis- that's just the trailer. The trailer is disturbing, and I'm just describing it to you with words, and, and you you seem very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna check it. I just want to see the trailer. I yeah, I, I'll, I'll put it up on the Facebook group. That's I, crazy. But I will put up a um like a warning oh, over yeah, top definitely. of it. Like, yeah. don't watch this if you have a weak stomach or if you're easily offended. Because like I said, she literally the person there's literally a fake baby fetus. That's crazy. Like a like a like a two month old like in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Like a little veiny little body. Yeah. In the palm of their hands. I was like I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> so but yeah, no. But that was the story of uh Mona uh Fandy and her trying to scam a guy out of five hundred thousand dollars and having her and her husband and her assistant chop a fucking person up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to close out the show and tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. And, folks, just to just to put it out there one last time, we may have some new listeners that have come uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the podcast, and this might be the first time they're hearing it. So for anybody who has heard this before, go ahead and skip 15 seconds. Um, hey, guys, if you wouldn't mind uh, going on to the uh, – Apple Podcast app or iTunes and just leaving us a review and subscribing to our podcast if I'm if you haven't done that already and uh, just leaving us a review. It is not for our ego's sake. Um, we're doing pretty well in life. We have pretty high egos and we feel good about ourselves. So it's not for our ego's sake. You can put whatever you want. If you are um, very excited to find out that Charmed is being rebooted, 
you can just kind of put your comments about that and leave five stars. Or if um, you're um, super happy that uh, Tandy Newton is going to be in the Star Wars movies and, 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 you know, you're happy to see black women represented in Star Wars, that's cool, too. Put that. You know, represent, representation matters. We just need the five stars because the algorithm of iTunes. Look, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I've seen some shitty podcasts ranking high on that podcast app, man. On those on those charts and, and and it's insane. So the only thing that can be explained is they you know they're juicing the stats. And I'm not saying juice the stats. I'm just saying you know show us a little love. And uh, with that being said, we're gonna move on. And Fran, if you don't mind telling us your affirmative murder. Oh God, your affirmative yeah. murder. I don't like a heart attack. Okay, affirmative <laughs> murder for this week. All right, <clears throat> my affirmative murder this week is Joseph Christopher. Mm. Joseph Christopher was an American serial killer who gained infamy. For a series of murders in the early 1980s, okay. he believed to have killed at least 12 individuals and wounded num- numerous others. Ooh. Yikes. Joseph Christopher was born in Buffalo, New York on July 22nd of 1955. As the only son born to Teresa and Nicholas Christopher, his mother was a registered nurse and his father was a maintenance worker with the city's sanitation department. Okay. Joseph had two, o- two older sisters and one younger sister. Nicholas was an outdoorsman and a hunter who taught... Nicholas is that. Okay. So Nicholas was an outdoorsman and a hunter who taught Joseph how to shoot and handle weapons at, at a young age. Okay. According to friends, Joseph had the passion for the outdoors, which exceeded all his other interests. Ah. He enrolled in the automotive mechanics program um, in high school in 1971. He was remembered as, quiet, as a quiet student who did well in his shop, shop courses before dropping out in, the early ni- in early 1974. This guy's acquiring a lot of skills that can be used for very dangerous purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you hear, oh, his parents, you know, taught him how to fucking taught him how to hunt and hunt. survive out in the woods right. for it's days. Like, it's and he like, knows how to rebuild an, an engine. Yeah, it's like that's a good hobby, but then it's like if it if it's fucked if it fucked if your kid is fucked up, then, then you've created that's a, a bad idea, right? Yeah, but you know you don't know that as a parent. Yeah, so. you're just trying to you know teach your kids some some. I think those are very constructive skills to learn, like how yeah. to build a fire, how to shoot a gun safely, yeah. how to you know forage for food in the woods. But then if you turn into a crazy murderer, you can kill somebody and just go hide out in the woods forever yeah. and never <laughs> get caught. Right. Um, so, yeah. The, uh, oh, shit, what I He's dropping out in, the er- in early 1974 and was said to be very intelligent, though he wasn't book smart. He then worked a series of odd jobs before securing employment as a maintenance man in, in a consensus college okay. where he shared a mid a midnight shift with a co-worker he was fired in March 1979 for sleeping on a job and returned and returned to live with his parents mm. so Christopher who suffered from paranoid schizophrenia reached what the hell is this I'm sorry reached out for assistance after noticing his mental health slipping in, 19, in 1974 now this part pissed me off I think we had the same the same conversation or the same thing that happened in another story that one of us did. So he quit. You said he quit his job after he, he got, felt he got, like he, he was, got fired. Well, he got fired. He got fired from the job, but he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. And he reached out for assistance after noticing his mental health mm. slipping in 1978. And they were like, yeah, man, I don't know. Go to just fucking, I don't know. Take Ex- a, take a vacation. Exactly. He tried to admit himself to Buffalo psychiatric center in sep in September, 1980. Guess what happened? They were like, man, you're not crazy. The psychiatric center staff told him he was not a danger to himself or others, and so could not be committed. He he so he could not be admitted. How do you tell a person that? I 
Nobody knows themselves other than themselves. Yeah. I feel like you got to take, if somebody's like, look, man, I'm feeling a little weird and I don't know what I'm capable of. I just need to, I need to see somebody. And you know, they're like, yeah, man, uh, we call bullshit. Go have a nice day. Then you take, you got to take full responsibility for that. Oh, man. most definitely. I mean, that's crazy. It's that, like, like, how do you just shoo away a person looking for help? Now, I'm not saying, you know, not fuck this guy. I don't know what he's done yet, but I'm assuming it's pretty bad. But, I mean, the guy tried to be put under control. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what? Yeah, so. It's not they, like he manipulated his way out of this. Like, it's not like people thought he was crazy and he convinced them that he wasn't. It's well, the exact the early, opposite of that. In the early stages of him getting it, he's like, something's not right. Yeah. Like, I need help. And nobody, everybody was like, yeah, man, no. Right. Mental health is, is real, folks. And don't let people tell you it's not or you're okay. If you don't feel – nobody knows how you're feeling better than you, like right. Fran said. If you feel weird, then you feel weird, man. You need to go talk to somebody or, you know, seek help. Yep. So they said he was not a danger to himself or others and so could not be admitted. This was a common practice at the time with when such sinners were being downsized. Mm, budget um, cuts. Yep. Still a poor excuse. Um. Instead, the center officials recommended counseling therapy. Fourteen days after he left the center, after he left the center, the killing the killings began. Yep. Christopher's murder spree began on September twenty second of nineteen eighty. So, like two weeks after. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, two weeks after he tried to get help. Yep. Uh, September twenty second, nineteen eighty, when he killed four black men in a in a. I think they meant the span of 36 hours with uh-huh. a 22 caliber sawed-off rifle. Oh, jeez. These murders led to the media um, the media name of the 22 caliber killer. Clever. He <laughs> he committed two two more murders on October 8th and October 9th, both times blundering his victims to death and then cutting out their hearts. Oh. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Um these initial murders were were, were an, unable to be solved, and Christopher enlisted in the United States Army in November. He was what? Wait. Yeah. So he had four, six bodies confirmed under his belt mm-hmm. and didn't get caught. And then he learned, he went to the Army to get more training and more strong? Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he enlisted in the United States Army in November, being stationed at Fort Benning. He soon received... Uh, they use this word. I know what the word means. That's not how I say it. They, he, um, what's it called when you, um, when they let you, like a vacation. What do they call leave. it? Yeah, I guess you can get it. Or whatever. Yeah, so leave. He re- um, received Christmas leave and arrived in Manhattan on December 20th, where on December 22nd, he committed four more murders. I mean, this dude's like a machine. At yeah, this so this dude now went to the military. Yeah. yeah, went to the military. He let me go. I can have a little break, vacation. All right, back. So he committed four more murders, this time stabbing his victims to death, mm. thus earning the moniker of the Midtown Slasher. Oh, they just, he just had a bunch of nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> he then returned to Buffalo and stabbed stab another black man to death on December 29th, as well as another in Rochester, New York, on December 30th, before returning to Fort Benning in January. And then he went back right back to the military. Yep, yep. Um, when back at Fort Benning, Christopher attacked a fellow soldier with a, par- with a paring knife in what was described as an unprovoked attack. The soldier survived the attack, and Christopher was placed in Fort, Fort Stockett, where he, attempted to, where he attempted suicide by cutting himself with a razor. Oh, wow. Um, in the subsequent psychiatric session, he told psychiat- psychiatrists that he had to kill blacks. 
He cool oh. had to kill blacks. Is he black? No, he's not black. Oh, okay. Jeez. Um, the mission caused Christopher's home to be searched by the police. There, the police found evidence linking Christopher to three murders, which led to his indictment in April 1981 and his transfer back to Buffalo for his trial on May 8th. Jeez. Yep. So, I need to kill blacks is an interesting way of saying I'm racist. It's like a, a roundabout way of saying uh, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm racist. <laughs> so, he pled not guilty to three murders and refused counsel by counsel by lawyers, lawyers hired by his mother, optioning, opting instead to represent himself, oh. which usually what crazy people do. Yeah. He was subsequently found guilty and sentenced to 60 years in prison, but this ruling was overturned as the trial judge had, buried, had barred the defense from presenting expert psychiatric testimony about Christopher's ability to stand trial. That's all dark in here. All right. He was later found... He was later found competent to stand trial and appeared in court again in 1985 under various charges which led, led to him being sentenced to life imprisonment. While okay, yeah, so while in prison at the Attica Correctional Facility, Christopher, this, this, is, this is weird, Christopher claimed credit for 13 killings. He died in prison due to a rare form of male breast cancer on March 1st, 1993 what? at the age of 37. I didn't even know men could get breast cancer. Me either. And that's, it's a one in 1,000 chance for a male to get breast cancer. I don't even Those know what it is. kind of high. I don't even know what it is to die from it, but that is what it is to get it. Well, cancer is cancer, but it, you just get it in your breast. That That's high. One in 1,000? Yeah. That's high. Yeah. I've never heard of a- Me either. Wow. <laughs> he said he took credit for killing 13 people in yeah. jail or 13 people. He, while he was in jail, he said, nah, I killed 13 people. While he was in jail, yeah. But but um, he's saying he killed thirteen people in jail, or he's saying no, he's while saying he was in he, jail, while he was in it prison. was actually thirteen. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Wow. And then he died of breast cancer. Breast cancer. Yep. Male breast cancer. All right, Joseph Christopher. Yep. Wow. Yep. So he died March first, nineteen ninety three, at the age of thirty seven. And that's um, Joseph Christopher. Wow. Good yeah, riddance. Just that that part, I was like, what in the? I d- did not know <laughs> that. I mean, as dumb as that sounds. I didn't I I didn't know. Like I I guess like women I guess women have tissue in their breast Mm -hmm. and that's where the masses can form. So I guess if you're a man with a lot of tissue in your chest, you can get breast cancer. Guess but he's not like a fat guy though. Well, then everything I just said is fucking (laughs) wrong. I don't know. That's pretty crazy though. Yep. All right. Well that's interesting. So that um, was Joseph Christopher. That was Joseph Christopher. Oh, that's cool. Well, folks, um, listen, LeBron James has his back against the wall. It is two to nothing <laughs> right now, and uh, me and Fran need to go support, go show support to uh, the king of the NBA. So, with that being said, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 